Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Toohey. And this is Dark Side of the Moon. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. One shots. <laughs> up, up, up and away. <laughs> I was thinking that too, actually. But that's for the next one, dude. This is Hush. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Seth. Uh, Jump the gun on that one. <laughs> All right, Noel, so we're back. Uh, we got another uh, Dark Side one shot for the fine folks at home. And this time we're going to enter into the realms of the animated world of DC, uh, starting off with something that you sent our way, and that was Hush, the Batman movie. Um, so, Noel, talk to us a little bit about this movie. It's an adaptation of the comic book, as far as I know, yes? Yes, it's an adaptation. It's a very, um, it sticks to the comic book, but I, I do mean that as a compliment. They gave the people what they want. It was a beautifully rendered version of the comic book, if you like. Uh, I know when I suggested it to you, you were like, I think I've read that. Mm. Or, or, yeah. But it was like, yeah, well, then you probably do know what's going to happen. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. It doesn't try and uh, twist the format too much. But I, I actually thought it was such a beautifully expansive world of Gotham. You know, it it had Superman. It had, of course, which I know is Metropolis, blah, 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 but he was in it. Um, but he had your Poison Ivy, you had Scarecrow, you had uh, the Riddler and he had the Joker and you had uh, Harlequin. And and they were all kind of integrated into the story in kind of different segmenting uh kind of like a Guy Ritchie kind of ways where yeah. all the stories were intermingling, but then veering off and all coming together. And I, I just thought it was a very, very clever story, really well executed. So yeah. it was one of the first two things I thought to recommend. I was like, you know what, Hush, it's not that old. It's not out that long. It's 2019. And I think we were both going to like it. So it was going to be a treat to talk about. How did you find it yeah, on no, first viewing? Yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think I read the comic book, but I didn't remember the twist. Like, I didn't remember the yes. big reveal. So there was loads of, like, and I was watching, I was like, Jesus, Damien's such a judgy little bitch, isn't he? Like, you know what Damien I mean? Judgy bitch. <laughs> I must insist you wear protection to the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he's like, uh, what does he call her? A trollop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or your bad choice in women, not limited to, but including my mother. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking brilliant. Like, I, I, I'm like, you I like the way they, they showed they expanded Gotham in this. They didn't just didn't just limited the two or three the characters exactly. that we know Clayface like, yeah. that was another one I'd forgotten he, he Clayface, was a cool Clayface fight Poison Ivy so, Scarecrow Penguin oh yeah. was in a little uh, montage sequence yeah yeah so it's just touched it just really I don't know you felt like that's what the, the, the magical world of Batman in the comic books would actually look like brought to the, the silver screen no what's the screen Small silver screen. screen is TV no no silver screen's the movies and small screen thank is, you but and and it just goes to show how excellent dc's animated game is yeah uh the, that dc is just so triumphant in this one arena and they just haven't seemed to find the formula when it comes to their live action but then this is just an excellent example of that because yeah. you could hold this up to josh whedon's justice league and think wow yeah what <laughs> they are they are not on the same level remotely yeah, I think it shows you as well that with um within animation you got a bit more of that freedom to do what you want and what type type of stories you tell. Like look at Marvel, they took the animated route with the What If series because yeah. people seem to be way more forgiven with new stories or whatever when it's in animated yeah. form. Like we just because we look at it as an event or a once off or something. So you're just, allowed to be a little bit braver as well, aren't you? Because yeah, you're not exactly. like, oh, we need to expand on this character, so we'll have them locked up at the end. No, why not kill them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or why not have, or leave it open-ended, whatever. You, you're allowed to just have a little bit more fun with it. It yeah. could be a little bit more tragic and things like that, you know? And you don't have to spend 200 million for all them cool action sequences. Either. And that is obviously a big thing. I mean, even the Clayface fight alone. That's $50 million right there, like, you know? Yeah, yeah no, I, um, no I, I love the way they set it up, like, from the, from the intro 
um, where Batman gets shot. And it's yeah. kind of like he's like, it's, it is really him at his detective best. Isn't it? And that's what I really actually like. excellent point. That, yeah, that occurred to me that that you got to see Batman trying to figure something out, In like trying to be the world's greatest detective. And you and despite all the films, now I haven't seen the Robert Pattinson one, and it's probably will have by the time this comes it's out. But I haven't. It's supposed to be incredible. So I'm just, I'll just, uh, as a caveat, say that that's not included in my point is that I've never seen that in live action or, or even sometimes most yeah. of the, the animation, not him being a detective as Rajal Ghul always refers to him, a detective. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what he's supposed to be first and foremost. Before he throws a punch, he's where he needs to be. He's figure he's already been playing chess before he ever arrives. Like the punching and the kicking is just what comes after. And yeah. I thought this did an excellent, excellent story of fleshing out Batman. Yeah. Would you, when you say like Batman is kind of like the superhero version of Sherlock Holmes and the Joker's kind of like he's Mario. hundred percent. Absolutely. Even when you watched uh, Robert Downey Jr. led Sherlock Holmes, he was absolutely, he was a great, he was a terrific fighter, but he was a genius. Yeah. And even his fighting came from his genius. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? He wasn't a freestyle boxer. He, he looked at him and said, body language. He's got a slight, li- he's got, you know, a slight limp on his right. So he's going to lean in from his, le- you know, he, that's it. Yeah. He'd assess it right down to them. Exactly. And, uh, and, and that's what kind of gave him his edge. And that's why Batman, like when you see Batman take on Superman, you see, he's figuring out stuff during the fight. He goes, no, he's, he's fighting it because otherwise we'd already be dead. Then he yeah. lies to him and tell him he's after opening up a gas main. Yeah. And I, then didn't, he I tells, didn't like that. Superman would have smelled something. I I wonder if like see, super spell. I what one thing I don't get is if like if you're invulnerable, how do you have super hearing? Like the inside of your ears. <laughs> I, I don't know. I never. I always kind of it was always I a dark this, area with super. Yeah, I know the way to say gas is orderless, but everything has a tiny order. We just can't. Well, like, Superman is supervision. I mean, you've often seen stuff where he's able. To, I've, I read a comic where he was able to figure out his own genetic sequencing by looking at his hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that's how powerful he is. He is yeah. like a god. Uh, so yeah, he. But uh, again. And he was under the whatever we got to see brass uh kryptonite brass knuckles just shut yeah. up just shut up and accept it just kryptonite knuckles too yeah and he, I, I know he just, <laughs> it was, was no brass <laughs> it was no well it was kind of like brass and then there was like the daggery bits that were made of kryptonite so yeah. i stand by it nah nah Denied. nah nah and i had that line that was that was iconic and it was like deep down i know clark's a good guy and deep down i know i'm not yeah and, yeah. uh, and then of course was, he knows that was in the comic too wasn't it that was in the comic too iconically yeah. and then of course he knows ultimately it doesn't matter how many tricks he has he needs to snap Superman out of it so he also thinks to kidnap Lois Lane yeah. and, uh, you know what I mean that's just it he knows it's a fight he can't win but he can draw it out and he, he strategically beats Superman yeah, even well, though you know it wasn't like you know Superman versus Darkseid or something where they just yeah. punched the shit out of each other, but still it was excellent. Yeah, it, it was definitely way better put together the bat- between Batman and Superman in this movie than it was in BVS. Massively, yeah, massively. The stakes yeah. made more sense, like Batman, uh, Superman being under the influence of uh, poison ivy. Poison ivy. You know what I mean? Like you could have had that thing where even if he didn't have poison ivy in BVS in Batman versus Superman that you could have easily have had someone controlling him. And to end that fight, you don't have Batman going to go save Martha or some bullshit. You just have uh, Batman ending the control that that person has over Superman, and that ends the fight. We get I've to told Superman. you about that comic I've seen, and it's Superman, Batman about to live, deliver the death blow to Darkseid. And he's going, just before I die, please save my mother. What's her name? Martha Darkseid. And it's just uh, Batman welling up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> 
uh, yeah, you know, because, oh, God, I, you know, some things you are just so genius that you just watch, a, like, I watch Hush, and I think, my God, I'd never make that film, or write that story, it's just, it's yeah. just great, it's just great, yeah, and yeah, you recognize it, so, oh, God, I mean, first one, but then you see stuff, and you think, that's so stupid, how did any, how, how would anyone think that's a good idea, yeah, like, yeah. I, I find myself in that Venn diagram, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a dum-dum, but yeah. apparently not that much of a dum-dum, and yeah. I'm not a creative genius, definitely. And uh, that whole like, what if they just like they realize both their mother's names are Martha? Brilliant, just yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, I just, is that like is their name Martha Wayne in the comic books as well? Is it? Yeah, I think is it, it is. It? Yeah, oh, God, and I think her awesome. maiden name was Arkham, and I think Arkham Asylum is named after her family. Now, is that real? I think so. And now if oh, now it's going to air, so that yeah. better be true. <laughs> That's so weird. because. The fanboys come for you, man. The fanboys yeah. come for you. Yeah, it's great. If the fanboys are after us, it means they're listening, so it's all good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, you hydrate yourself there. Tell me, um, <laughs> did it live up to your did it live up to your expectations? Um yeah. I, I talked it up. Yeah, no, I I uh, I'm a big fan of DC's animated content. Like um the that and computer games, they're hitting it out of power constantly. So it just it's yeah. insane that they've made so Marvel many... has nothing that can touch the Batman series yeah. that, I've, that I've seen. Yeah. Even in terms of um you're talking about um in computer games. Yeah, I just meant yeah. computer games. Yeah. yeah. In in cinema, they're they're just there's they're leagues beyond. There's no denying it. But, yeah, uh... it's it's such an anomaly that to see like that Warner Brothers are succeeding and DC are succeeding in so many different facets of their own universe. But yet they're failing so much on the big screen. Like I know Robert Pattinson's Batman is out now. It's getting lauded and hopefully like, you know, because Joker did really well. And, you know, he had like pockets of the DCU that did well. Aquaman, the first Wonder Woman, Man Mm. of Steel. Like, so it it shows that they they know how to make good movies. And hopefully like Shazam did well as well. So like they're showing now that bit by bit with Suicide Squad as well. So bit by bit DC are making better movies in live action but like for the longest time they've been dominating for anim- with animated mm-hmm. movies and computer games and like well, Marvel expands Marvel yeah. expands and the, the computer games you don't necessarily have to with yeah. animations you definitely don't have to you're telling sto- fragments you're taking a story that was mm. iconic and you're just bringing it to life uh, so yeah I, I think that's where they they actually let themselves down is expand take yeah. aquaman from that story now drop him into this, this wonder woman story and then use that to build this like a marvel marvel were just playing three-dimensional chess the entire time yeah because that, that was their plan that was always their plan to have a universe but like with the even though dc um are getting better now and they failed for a little while um on the big screen it's like for for a decade or more the animated movies have always been top-notch like always been top-notch they've dominated yes. completely and for a decade or more i think there's some really great ones go back to like 2007 eight. yeah so yeah they've been at it for a long time and it's been absolutely stellar content yeah, and it makes perfect sense what they're doing. They're just literally making direct adaptations of their comic books that are exactly successful, like Killing Joke. Uh, and like, dudes, we, we don't have to write these. Yeah, we 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 made these for you. Yeah, exactly. uh, the, the, the Long Halloween. Yeah, exactly. It was one that they did recently it's where like, uh, Barbara Gordon got shot by the Joker. That story is from A6, I think. Yeah, you don't even need storyboards because they're no. there already. Like, you know what I mean? No. Like, the comic book is I there. I was like, here's a picture of him at the door and there's a picture of him walking out with the door. Can you yeah. do the motion when he turns <laughs> 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 and leaves? Because that's, like, that's what you have to do. It's it's an animator's, it's an animator's dream. 
Yeah, you know what no, I mean? It's like, an animator's dream. And, they, and stellar work by them, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And you already have this uh, animated style uh, or these illustrations done by world-class artists um, for uh, DC. So, like, this style is there. All you have to do is pretty much you have to just be able to try draw someone else's work and, and put the animation, and there you have it. Like, you know what I mean? Because your script is there. The storyboards are already there. The animation style is already there. So, like, you're, you're three, to, three quarters of the way um, there in terms of the process of making an animated movie. Because really all you have to do is put to make a script out of the comic book script, like make an actual motion picture script like out of it, and then just fucking animate it. And that's it. And that's why I think DC realized, like, okay, we already have all these amazing stories here. And they bring us already three quarters of the way to making an anime. Yeah. That's how they can turn it around so quickly. 50 years of it. What I loved about this, I have to say, when it was kind of comes to its culmination, was Mm. that I finally got to see a really fucked up dark Riddler. You know? Finally, like a Riddler that wasn't recamp. Like, you know, I actually, I went to uh, Batman Batman Forever when I was a kid with my dad. And it's one of my favorite memories. Yeah, My dad bringing me to that and the campy Jim Carrey. And I'll always love that movie. I don't give a shit that it was a bad movie. Mm. You know, like looking at it uh, through adult's eyes. It was a magic to Jim Carrey in that movie. But that was the Riddler. The Riddler was like a a campy character with a green suit covered in question marks who put everything into into Mm. a riddle. It was very campy, very... 1960s era kind of comic books and then this he was from the Lazarus pit he was fucked up he was he was like you know fucking with everybody and trying to destroy Batman's life on multiple levels yeah. and that was like he was no joke he was absolutely no fucking joke and I I, I feel like he got his Jews a little bit when I was watching it because the Riddler is a good good bad guy you know well, yeah, he's, he's he's potentially got a very zodiac esque appeal to him, like you know, exactly I mean? where you can kind of play with the media or some shit like that. But an inquisitive you... mind who wants those who engage with him to have inquisitive minds. Like, yeah, that's the whole point of him. He wants Is to challenge. He, he wants he wants to challenge himself while challenging you. Yeah. And that's an int and, and that is actually that you know what you just made the zodiac thing you already just got to it but that when I said it I made the zodiac reference kind of makes sense to me as well it's a it's a good it's a good reference yeah somebody who was like you can catch me but this is what you'll have to do yeah exactly yeah you have to figure yeah. this out before you can catch me and and that bit, and that fucker was never caught and yeah, the guys exactly. who did every the, the, the Bundys who did everything in their power to just yeah. never show up on a radar and got caught and this guy didn't yeah so it is it's intriguing. Um, do you think um, some of the footage we've seen from Paul Dano's interpretation of the Riddler for the upcoming but the Batman, do you think that I was inspired by the Riddler from Hush with this? I'd say it would have face? to be. I think every. I think he's the type of actor who would take it very seriously and I think he would have to, obviously, again, he's not going to look at Batman forever and take anything from Jim Carrey. Jim, yeah. Jim Carrey is amazing. Not, not coming for Jim. But yeah, um, dirt. But yeah, of course, he would look for the more twisted inversions of him. Yeah, something that could be brought to the screen and not be campy because that obviously they weren't going it like Zoe Kravitz, uh, Catwoman, and Robert Pattinson, um, Batman. They, they seem to have a more dark interpretation, and obviously you're going to have to try and match that energy. So yes, so but if I used to take a stab at it, I say he watched Hush uh, multiple times because no, I, I'm not, I'm not the, like the treasurer who knows absolutely everything, but it's the best source I can think for the good Riddler. Yeah. Like, that was a great Riddler. That was Riddler at his absolute finest. The big question mark on his head is very similar to the big question mark on the mask and Paul Dano's, uh, what we see. Yeah. Is, yeah. You they, know they're I mean? actually just stitched in. So yeah. instead of being something like campy, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a scar. And 
That's yeah. actually just a cool way to go about it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, so I, I, I think, hope his name isn't Edward Nigma. Is his name Edward Nigma? I wonder in the new uh, film. It I probably will be. Yeah, I don't know. I actually, I actually don't know because I, I like, only like watched... Enigma is a little. You know, yeah, like... I only watched one or two trailers. Uh, I didn't want to know too much about it. I just wanted to get an idea of the style of the movie. Only watched one. Once. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, know. The, the teaser, the teaser, and um, once the actual trailer, yeah, same as so I know very little. Very, I, I know Colin actual. Farrell is playing Penguin, things yeah. like that down the line, but yeah, yeah, no, I was the same as well. Like, just watch the teaser and watch the theatrical, like, and then kind of let it simmer. I'm gonna go see it on Wednesday, so um, I cannot wait. Um, but like, yeah, so what I liked about this was the relationship between Catwoman and Batman, they really layered on that. And it showed uh, how good they, they can actually be together and how very similar they are, but also extremely different. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, even though their methodologies are very similar, but the ends that they want to apply at the, yes. you know what I mean, is very different. Like, so, like, I think that's why, they, you know, it shows when they diverge later on when she kills um, the Riddler. Um, Allows him to be killed, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. She makes a decision that this is not what I'm dying for. Yeah, and Batman makes the decision that if there's a chance he'll do it, that yeah, that it came to a culmination, an impasse. She didn't allow him to be killed. She literally killed him. She cut the rope. She cut the rope. Yeah, she yeah. killed him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like they would all be killed. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I'd be like one of these guys. You have ten minutes to evacuate the building and just like start killing everyone immediately. Like, yeah. Just, like, <laughs> yeah no, there's only like six people there, and the emergency exit is right beside you. You know, Zach couldn't make it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so yeah. So what I liked about this was the relationships between uh, Nightwing and Batman, Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne, and Catwoman and Batman. Uh, I like the kind of the witty repartees, the say, you know, between the, the main characters. Uh, um, the interpretation of Alpha was pretty cool. Do you remember when he was like saying to Batman, I, I don't want to be the butler of the world's greatest vegetable? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because he didn't want to He made him a new helmet with, uh, with extra padding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I like the the kind of back and forth between the characters in it, and the action was really, really cool as well. And um, like, uh, I didn't guess who was going to be hush um i figured it was going to be his friend the the dude thomas something i can't remember his surname thomas elliot or something was it but like uh he, his friend uh died i for some reason thought he wasn't dead and he was going to be the killer so it was cool seeing a new iteration of the riddler like you said um not a so campy you can really like uh use him like he can be a secondary tier joker in a lot of ways if you use him correctly because he can be very chaotic and like he can really play a lot of mind games and as i said it's very zodiac-esque where he could use the media as a way to turn against batman do propaganda type things or you know there's a lot of different ways you can do it kind of like the way the, uh heat ledger's joker did in uh, the dark knight returns or sorry the dark knight where he played with the public perception of Batman and kind of started turning Gotham on Batman before he ever really went after Batman. So like that's yeah. something that the Riddler can do because of the means he has and the methods to use. And I'm like you, like, so I wouldn't look at him or view him as a very calm character. I would view him as someone that can be a very serial killer type player, a person that can manipulate public perception of Batman, play with people, like fucking get really to Batman. Like I, I didn't like the way he, how he figured out it was Bruce Wayne, like some sort of weird fucking fever dream or something. Like so. You know what it was? I think he, I think it, he tapped into his own potential when he went actually into the Lazar pit. I think, mm. you know, his mind expanded and everything that he already knew 
he was able to see from a broader perspective literally think outside the box all the information that was in subconscious kind of like exactly he kind of always knew he even said something like and it was right there in front of me yeah do you remember the part where Batman reveals himself to be Bruce Wayne to Selena Kyle it doesn't change his voice at all and he's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, I am Batman. I'm actually, and she's yeah. like, oh, let me remember. I'm not Bat. I'm not the Batman, you know. I'm actually Bruce Wayne, the guy you also know particularly uh, well. Yeah, yeah, like the guy you were just talking to last night that had the exact yeah, same exactly. voice and jaw structure. The guy from body. the dinner. Yeah, Don't worry, I, I, Bruce Wayne, will get out of here. I, it's me, Batman. I met Bruce Wayne on the stairs. He's gone. Yes, Bruce Wayne has fled. I am Batman. I, um, what do you mean I sound exactly like Bruce Wayne? It's a, it's a very <laughs> common voice. We both come from the Palisades. It's an area outside of Gotham, you know. We say a rural ancestry, you know, me and uh, Bruce Wayne. That's all I'm willing to say, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have the same jawline, the same height, the exact same voice, same build, whatever. No, it's a coinciding, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, same and face, the- same, same bank account. Because imagine he's like, I'm the world's greatest detective. If I was Bruce Wayne, I think I'd know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was even a family guy. He doesn't believe that Batman is Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry, but he was just, he's a play-by billionaire. I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I, I, it's so hard to suspend your disbelief in moments like that. Like, there's, like Batman has the technology to disguise himself so much better than he really does. Like, yeah. make himself look even more like a bat than he actually does. <laughs> yeah. Cover the jawline. <laughs> So no, we talked about the different iterations of uh, the Riddler and this, the the kind of uh, insp- or the kind of detective kind of elements of the story as well around Batman. I mean, how we kind of like the more grounded aspects. But like, would you say that this movie kind of did what it did really well was like it highlighted the relationships Batman holds dear and stuff like this, and it shows you how good of a detective mm. he is, and it shows you different iterations, the characters we kind of know and love, and all this kind of things, even the villainous ones. But do you think this what this did really well was it paired grounded storytelling with kind of over the top storytelling because you still had Superman and you had those elements in the Kryptonite uh, knuckle dusters like you were talking about earlier and stuff like that. So do you think that what this movie did well that a lot of Batman movies haven't even tried to attempt or haven't done well in the feature? Um, kind of film department is that was able to pair the groundedness of Batman's detective side to the uh, expanded world that he's also been exposed to in terms of like Superman and that kind of fucking otherworldly elements. Yeah, it did a fantastic job of that. It had everything from the Lazarus pits and it had, you know, again, you said Superman, Clayface, uh, Poison Ivy and all of these kind of um, uh, powered kind of heroes, villains and what have you. Uh, But it never felt like you, it, it got lost track from its primary storyline who is hush what yeah. is happening why why am i being targeted the way i am like who knows my identity who shot the who shot the rope how, how did i fall and all of that very grounded stuff and every now and again it touched on like for example when clayface is revealed to be like playing the riddler because he's an actor yeah. and um and then it turns into this big action scene but it's still you never felt like oh now it's after losing itself now you never yeah. felt it. It always managed to, and doing that, staying coherent and staying kind of, I don't know, like the having the right energy, not shifting back and forward too much that I can't take you seriously. It never did that. I thought it was very, very fluid from start to finish. Yeah. I enjoyed the action scenes. And then when there's downtime, let's just say where it was more detective stuff, I enjoyed that too, because it really felt like you were behind the curtain of, of Batman and yeah. what the Batman experience would be like if, you know, if it wasn't like a grounded Batman, if it was like all cards on the table, Justice League, all of that jazz, uh, the what Batman's life would be like at a particularly turbulent time. 
And yeah. I, I just love that. I love that kind of you submerged in Gotham. Yeah. And they got, managed, yeah. And we got to see like a lot of Bruce Wayne in this movie as well, too. Like, you know, you actually I mean? see Bruce Wayne. Have you noticed that's, that's the thing? There's always a painful lack of actual Bruce Wayne in anything. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the Bruce Wayne becomes the disguise. And, uh, you know, he shows up to this function that he absolutely has to shareholders, this, blah, blah, blah. And then that's it. He's gone for like how he keeps up the illusion is just beyond you. Uh, yeah. But Bruce Wayne, the actual complexity of him was a little bit on display because he was still like a flesh and blood man. Yeah. He was trying to pursue a relationship. He was trying to do something that was just for himself, you know? Yeah. He was trying to live a somewhat normal life, but at the same time, trying to kind of protect anyone that was in the life of Bruce Wayne away from the life of Batman. What's not yes. kind of the, the balance. Exactly that. what it was. <clears throat> Excuse me. So like, so that's what I, what I liked about this as well. It shows that like Bruce Wayne's not willing to let go, even though you have like Dick Grayson coming up, you have Damien coming up and he mentions like, he's not ready. Like, it's like, it, that's the thing about Bruce Wayne and something that might be about the Dark Knight Rise movies. Like Bruce Wayne never retires. He's not going to retire. Like, yeah. he, he, he's just going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, eventually, you know? eventually, he's going to push himself too far, or he'll be too old to do the thing. Yeah, no. Eventually, something catches up with him, father time, or a stray bullet. That's, yeah. yeah, that that just seems to be the fate. Exactly. And if he's not fighting crime as Batman, he's going to do it as like an Oracle type character, like he did in Batman Beyond, where he'll always be involved yeah. in one way or the other. Like, you know what I mean? So, I just think that's what I liked about this. That like it kind of shows the kind of sociopathic nature, almost as well, of Batman. Because, oh, yeah. like, you know, he'll never give up no matter how much damage he's going to take. He's stuck about his mission. He's stuck about his code. And even like he, uh, to the detriment of his relationship with Catwoman, Selena Kyle, later on, that like he pretty much chose his code um, over her. And like, and that sort of shows that like he's done that all his life. He's chose he's chosen his code over the people that are closest to him. That's why Dick Grayson became Nightwing and no longer Robin, stuff like this, because Batman's whole tunnel vision, his whole mission in life has kind of made him close walls to people that he's supposed to care about. And even though he keeps them close, he's constantly pushing them away in favor of his code. So that's what I liked about this movie that it showed that Batman is inherently damaged. And uh, even though he does fight for the side of good, that Bruce Wayne is oftentimes the one that's really the victim of Batman's crusade because he's got no life and his life always suffers. So Batman's cold can flourish or he can stick to the code or whatever he's he's ethos or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's what I liked about this. It shows that oftentimes the detriment of Bruce Wayne really is not his enemies, but it's actually Batman himself, you know? Yeah, I know it's it was a different film, but there was where he was confronted with Jason Todd. You know, um, the the Red Hood, and he um, he said you won't kill Joker because it was too easy, and he goes, it's not that it's too, uh, or sorry, it's too hard, and he goes, it's not that it's too hard. It would be far too easy. Yeah, it would be far too easy to do what they do. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of the point. You have to be better, and if he ever crossed that line, then in his view, he would never be better. So no matter how bad it gets, and that was like again that, that revolving door of Batman. Like you, if you had a chance to, if I had a chance to kill Joker, I'd kill him. Yeah, of <laughs> I mean that's where. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would. Especially because if, if I had a chance Joker. to. Yeah, if I had a chance to, and he kills anybody else, that because he's a psychopath. Yeah. He, you know what I mean? And I, yeah, yeah. As so soon as that you is let... the ethos of Batman is his own downfall, and that's always been. 
always been true. It, it's always the case that, like, as soon as you let a psychopath live, if you have the chance to kill him, and as soon as anyone dies from then on, it's your fault. The blood's on yeah. your hands. It's simple as yeah. that. Like, and that's the major concern. That's the major problem with Batman. It's not as a character that. Even though he sticks to his code, he's all about I have to be a symbol, I have to be better than him. But because he doesn't kill his uh, villains, that they're they constantly come back and kill more and more and more people. So that blood is always on Batman's hands. So he's he's living in a vicious cycle, and that's what I liked about this kind of movie that it showed that cycle that Batman is wrapped up in. That he's constantly like the own victim to his own kind of code, and a lot of people are the victims to him trying to be a symbol. And because he's kind of got lost in what made him Batman, he can't let go when he is Batman now. So he stuck to the things that he chose to be, uh, that made him be Batman. And he's all about justice, you know, that kind of way. Like, so he's all about yeah, the, the symbol of right over wrong, This like the, the hard decisions over the easy decisions. And I love that he's stuck in this cycle of the things that made him become Batman. He always holds on to them so dearly that other people suffer because of it and even innocence. And I love this kind of twisted darkness about Batman. And this movie showed that, that there's this weird twisted darkness to Batman that he's stuck in this cycle and he can never get out of it. And sometimes it's not just bad guys to die or get hurt because of it. And I think that's what this fucking makes him such a complicated and interesting character, you know? Agreed, agreed. There's that, it's that kind of code that he needs to live by. And if you don't agree with it, is there something wrong with you or is there something wrong with him? Yeah, exactly. It's not like he doesn't have a point. It's not like there's some lines that a person just shouldn't cross. But is there not also a point where if somebody crosses that line, if, especially like I have to understand that you live in a world where jail is nothing. You're like, you know, guaranteed yeah. escape. You yeah. know what I mean? I thought if, you know, somebody got arrested and they're they're just going to be locked away forever and that's the end of them, then that, yeah. that that's a different conversation. <laughs> but if that's just obviously not on the table, then yeah, yeah I would think like, yeah, of course. And that's it. That's the great debate around. Um, that's the great Clinton. debate. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is. And that's why you know the Wolverines and uh, the, uh, the anti-hero, the, the Venoms, are such kind of refreshing characters quite often yeah. because they don't labor themselves with that. Like yeah. they wouldn't be a danger to you or I because you or I are not out doing the absolute monstrous things that for them would justify them crossing a line um, that Batman sees and killing them. Yeah, you know, so but but that's it. Batman's just a complex character, and but you kind of wouldn't have him any other way, mm. especially when he's been around for like since what nineteen Superman's thirty nine. Uh, so I think I think it's even the forties. Yeah, so he's been around for like absolutely forever for more than ninety plus percent of people on this planet. So it's just incredible that they've that they, they can still keep him so fresh um, and change him so much, both stick sticking true to that original ethos. Yeah but constantly testing it or testing the boundaries of whether it's right or wrong. And I love yeah. this. I thought this was a real thinker of a yeah. film. Yeah. You know, it really was. It was in the, it was kind of a, in the mouth of madness as opposed to just being a, you know, flying through the sky, Zod versus Superman. Yeah. You know, like a, a, a dictator versus a, a, a somebody who believes in justice. It's not complex. Yeah. This was actually complex. Yeah. Cause Superman, the issue is where his stories are very black and white at times. Except that's what I liked about the DCU. They added a lot of shades of grey to Superman's place in the world. And when you look at Hush, it shows you the greyness of Batman's world. Like the the fucking ethics that he uses, that even though they seem right sometimes, but when you really kind of dig away at them, you see the inherent flaws to his code and his system of justice. 
And that's what I love about that. that, that it, it, like Batman, and I think him as a character himself never tries to pretend he's perfect. And because he's not, he's he's broken because he's always suffered from watching his parents die before his eyes. And he's always been a broken human being because of that. And his moral compass, even though it's shifting towards the right direction, it's still damaged. And even though it shifts towards the right direction, the, his perception of what is right and what is wrong is is very different than what a lot of people would perceive to be right and wrong. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? For a character that is very grey, his perception of right and wrong is almost very black and white, which makes no sense to his character because he's trying to hold on to this kind of sense of inherent justice, not the greyness of this world he lives in, you know? Exactly. But you were like, Batman, he's escaped six times. He's killed 900 people since you first arrested him. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think I want to cross that line? Batman, I really feel like you're not listening to me. Yeah. yeah like, he It'd be too easy. I, I, like, I, yeah. I get it. Like, he, I do get it. <laughs> he literally blew up an orphanage. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be like, uh, can somebody give Jim Gordon some advanced technology so he can shoot some of these people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing if I was Jim Gordon. Like every time Batman arrests someone and he'd be bringing them to me, and I'd just shoot them in the handcuffs. I would be like, I'd, I'd replace his like knockout gas with like cyanide or something yeah. like that. And he'd be like, take this, villains. And they all just start to choke. To death and... Now you're incapacitating your skin, starting to melt off. Like... Yeah. And imagine it's just some jobbers, like just some guys who are hired to take a bit of jewelry. We're the Schmeagle gang. We're going to get yeah. you, Batman. Schmeagle. Don't be afraid to use your nails, girls. Yeah. And Batman's like, oh, this is a very small trial. I'll just incapacitate him throws the canister and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it was like a female villain and he uses knockout gas and you're like did you just use a knockout gas on that woman yeah. Like, okay yeah I, I feel like you're simplifying things here. <laughs> well, I'm asking is yeah. it you either did or yeah. did not like, use did a knockout gas on that woman, that woman? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um <laughs> so like that's what I liked about this movie that like it, it shows us um the the depth of Batman's rogues gallery that like someone like Penguin barely showed up in a montage. We got to see Clayface. We got to see Scarecrow, Poison Ivy. Oh, it was the world, man. Yeah. It, was the, it was Gotham. It yeah. was Gotham. You know what I mean? And not just like everyone thinks Gotham, they think Batman and, and, they're, and they're right to, of course. Batman. Uh, but when you think Gotham, you think of like this kind of whole system of vigilante justice versus, you know, really organized gangs, like superheroes, but also super villains. Yeah. And like a police department trying to, an overburdened police department trying to hold it all together. Like, I love that. I, I, this film could have been, if you call this film Gotham, yeah. it would have earned it. You could have called this film Gotham. Yeah, and I would have I would have bought it because it was the whole city was brought into it. I feel in some some way, shape, or form. Yeah, no, that's what I liked about it too. It's like it kind of gave you the sense that the computer games are really expanded on the Batman universe. They didn't just focus on Actually, one character. Want to type it? What couldn't it have been a computer game? Like, couldn't oh, have you made a game kind of based on this story? Oh, hundred percent. Because you would have got to take on a lot of the big bads. You know, yeah. you, you, maybe you didn't get a Mr. Freeze, but you got a Clayface. And maybe you didn't necessarily fight a Penguin, but you fought a Riddler. You know, it was yeah. it was all there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it had all the elements for a great story. It showed us all the different things that makes Batman an awesome character, a complex character, an interesting yeah. character. And it showed us the depths of his rogues gallery. It showed us awesome action. It showed us the Riddler in a way that we've never seen before. And like the clips that I've seen from the 
the Robert Pattinson starring the Batman, the one directed by Matt Reeves. And after watching Hush, I can definitely say that they probably watched this movie in the build up. Yeah. And I'm hoping that they take some elements from this movie because this live action is going to be three hours long. Uh, I can't wait. I'm all for it. And I love that's what I loved about Hush. It just shows you all the different elements that makes Batman a very interesting, complex character. And it shows He's you probably the most loved. Well, but it goes far hmm. as to say if Him I, and Spider Man. Again, I, I haven't polled that. I have mm. not pulled that. Him and Spider-Man and Superman and probably Batman and Spider-Man maybe edging out and especially with how huge the Spider-Man films yeah. have been. But for me, I, I can think of uh, Dara Byrne. I can think of Beige. Yeah. Uh, even just of two two people that I, that I'm friends with and I, and I would call them both, um, especially Dara, an absolute maniac for Batman. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't just Batman fans, but like, you know, complete, complete and total fanboys. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. It's just crazy how, how much that they, there's a relatability, I think, to them that maybe, that, that maybe some other superheroes don't have. Yeah. So, and this, this film would have done a lot to add to that relatability, despite the fact that it's to the nth degree. There is something very, like, imagine you had this ability, this intelligence, and these resources. Yeah. But the human problems that you would still run into. The, yeah. the, the ethos of what you would run into and the moral quandaries because it's very easy for us, us to say oh I'd kill him straight away uh, but we've never been in those situations we're yeah. just armchair generals that's yeah, all exactly. we are yeah. so yeah so I do uh, just what a great film man just what a great film yeah, so like uh, before we get the fuck out here, is that your final thoughts on Hush? Is this yeah, I think movie? yeah, I do. I think yeah. that's my final thoughts. It's just just honest God, pats on the back all around. The animation department did an excellent job. It was excellently acted by the voice actors. It, uh, it was brought to life. It was true to the comic book. But, I, but that's not to say that there wasn't you know directorial uh, direction and a little bit of art in it. So just applause to everybody. Yeah, I, yeah. As a fanboy, you did hundred percent justice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And before I get to go here, all I want to say is that it shows you the depths of Batman's world and it shows you the potential when it's used correctly and how all these different characters can add all the different little elements to one particular story. And you don't really have to focus on all the villains or just one villain. They can use them in different ways. And that's what I liked about this movie, that it really showed the detective abilities of Batman, but also showed the, the kind of expansion to his kind of universe as well. So... Like uh, that's I just think Hush was a really good example of how Batman done right. That for me, that's what that's all it was like. Was just a really good example of Batman done right. Yeah, you know what? I think I think that's it, man. I think that you know what I mean. I think yeah. that is it. I just want to before I before we get out of here, I just I want to see who directed it so I can just give him a shout. Directed uh, Justin Copeland. Cool. Yeah, you know he did a really good job. So no, like ex- excellent job, uh, Justin. Well yeah. done. Yeah, so another awesome outing from DC in the animated department. And um, we'll have a little bit more DC content on the next episode of Dark Side. Me look at Superman Red Sun. But before we get the fuck out of here, I'm your host, Vincent Green. And I'm not. Oh, I'm the other one. So, wait, suck. I know. I got this. I got this. I got you this. suck. <sighs> no, take two. Take two. You'll, you'll, you'll get this in post? post? I don't okay. think there's any working with this. I, 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 and I'm your host, Vincent Green. <sighs> fucking sucks. It's fucking Peace. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he's a mess. And this is Dark Side of the Moon. And that was Hush. See you next time, folks. Peace. I'm a god. You're a madman. This is.